With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, Justin here. This podcast is being brought to you by our sponsors, Indochino, Harry's, and Roman. The Cleveland Cavaliers are coming off a big win over RJ Barrett and the New York Knicks. I don't know if you guys noticed, but RJ's draft night suit was on point. Even when the Knicks don't look good, he looks good, and that's because he gets his suits from Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. RJ Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino just dropped. Featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings, RJ helped pick out and design. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door within two weeks. You can get measure and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. And now, to the podcast. Blue Wire. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up to the left, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton, some rhythm. And he got it, young ball continues to wear him out! What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. We are back on Twitch. The Cleveland Cavaliers are back in the playoff picture, getting the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference after wins over the Washington Wizards and the Knicks. Uh, Your Browns got a win. My Bombers won in Calgary for the first time since 2002. They're going to the conference finals. And my Jets got an OT win. What a sports day for your boy. And everyone's favorite, the Dallas Cowboys, are on their way to a comeback win against the Vikings. (laughs) What a sports day. What a sports day, Carter. And we got to start things off with Colin Sexton, who had a career-high 31 points tonight against the Knicks. Um, I I tweeted this out. 
he had my curiosity last season. He now has he's my got attention. my attention. He's got my attention. I'm fully in on the Colin Sexton bad wagon. Um, Sexton, I thought, has been really impressive lately, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Because to me, that I had confidence that he was going to be able to be a efficient scorer. I think he showed a lot of that last year, and I think we're seeing that again this season. But his effort on the defensive end has been really exceptional. Uh, when guarding Bradley Beal, he held him to two points on one of four shooting. I believe that was over 20 minutes as his primary defender. Um, he did a good job on R.J. Barrett uh, tonight. And, and the effort is just there. Like, he's he shown a lot that he can be a competent defender and maybe even a good defender moving forward. And, and that's really got me excited. Yeah, I mean, he – I think this is probably his best game as a pro tonight because I think historically when you, when we watch – him have good games uh last year a lot of the games were like built on some unsustainable shit yeah and i, I would oh, say so Magic especially Mike, the, the first the half of the year when he there. had good games it was him taking the same bad shots then then the shot profile improved and and obviously- but, but even even his good games like they they had this like kind of like unsustainable quality to them of like he's not gonna keep like he can't do this every night but like every shot he got tonight was in his wheelhouse and he was comfortable. That's right. what was really cool to me about it. I mean, 16 shot attempts. This isn't him getting volume because he put up 25, 30 shots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's because he played genuinely under control, attacked at the right times. Most, I mean, almost every one of his eight three-point attempts could be categorized as a good shot. He took I would one say so. weird pull up near the end, but like, whatever. You're feeling yourself up 20. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> It was really the Colin Sexton showcase game, um, and uh, you know it's funny we we talked on the last pod while you were uh, in the land, which we gotta catch up on, by the way. We absolutely um, do. Uh, but we, David and I, were kind of talking about how you know the true shooting numbers aren't much better, but he just looks better, mm-hmm. and this was kind of the culmination of that, like starting to like bear itself out in reality because thirty-one points on. Uh, 16 shot attempts is ooh, that's something that you don't normally get to see uh, it, it, it got me hot and bothered great. it got me ooh. hot and bothered and what I love about this Knicks game so we'll, we'll get to the Wizards game uh, in a little bit but I, I think the New York one's fresh what I love about this is to start this season we've had a lot of games where Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love have been great and I think the the slow start for Darius Garland has kind of been a little disappointing because it'd be great for him to have good performances while those guys are playing well and while they're around, whether that be injury, trade, or or whatever the future may have. Uh, But this was a night where Tristan and Love were quiet. Like Love looked like the the classic weekend game for a Cavs player in New York. It Uh, it must have been New York Fashion Week, I'll tell you what, man. (laughs) Right. Tristan, uh, his energy was there, but he just wasn't as sharp as he's been in the past. Um, I'd make a joke about Jenny, but I know he doesn't drink. But this was a a game where Sexland kind of returned the favor, and and both of those guys went out there and, and made a lot of plays. Um, Sexton with 12 points and six assists. Um, he had a lot of good Garland. passes that, that could have gone for an assist. Um, but it, I just thought that it, it, overall, it was a really strong performance from them. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Garland's still not getting the shot profile I'm looking for. And, mm-hmm. But it's so funny because it kind of is the other way where 
you know, Sexton would post some stat lines that on occasion would belie a poor performance um, last year. And Garland's stat lines sometimes belie a good performance mm-hmm. that like, like Garland's line, 12.6 assists, four turnovers is fairly unexceptional. Um, it's nice yeah. to see him have more points than shots. You want to keep seeing that true shooting percentage kind of blow up more and more. Um, but, you know, I, I just thought he made really, really interesting reads tonight. Uh, and even and by the end of the game, it was funny because he would have some advantages in the pick and roll, and they were actively pl- playing the pass because that has been his – that has been what he's been doing, which is not something <laughs> I would have expected at the start of the season. So, you know, obviously this is the Colin Sexton game. Um, you know, like Garland, you know, was helpful. And um, I did like, by the way, that – uh, that Bayline left Garland and Sexton in the game. Me too. Uh, yeah. All the way to the end. I hate it when young players get pulled in garbage time. It's like, no, no, no. This is the time for them to dick around and kind of figure out, uh, you know, experiment a little bit beyond uh, their the limitations of their role. Now, did Garland do that as much as I would hope? No, but it's okay. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, not to jump on any negative bandwagon right now after – uh, a two-game winning streak, Cavs at four and five, which is pretty stunning. Uh, I think mm-hmm. to if you weren't paying, too, like if you were paying very close attention to what this team was last year, um, to, and especially a win, a road double-digit win has not happened. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I just think that it's been really, really impressive uh, out of these guys, and I'm having a lot of fun watching this team right now. I agree. And and I think something you and David touched on that was really important is when is kind of the breaking point where the good vibes kind of would would fall by the wayside. And when you look at this upcoming schedule, they play the Heat and Sixers four times in the next five games. They have another game at MSG. But I really feel like this was a game they had to go out and get, or these last two games even, uh, because this is going to be a tough stretch. Maybe they steal one of those games against those two teams. uh, the Sixers just kind of had a game go down to the wire against Charlotte, so maybe they're they're somewhat vulnerable. But realistically, like they shouldn't win any of those games outside of the one against the Knicks. And to get some positive momentum for Garland to get a little bit of confidence over these last two games, uh, for Sexton to to be playing well, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. playing well off the bench, Jordan Clarkson's giving them some good minutes as well. Um, I, I think that's really positive as you once again go to tougher competition because beyond even those games the rest of november is just a nightmare for this team yeah you're gonna have to pick me up off the floor if if they beat the sixers (laughs) on tuesday (laughs) i mean i would be floored um but like yeah this team is has really weathered an early storm but like it as you said it doesn't get much easier i mean uh, if you don't have that schedule privy it's at philly versus miami versus philly then an easy, an easy quote-unquote game at New York, still a road game, then at Miami, at Dallas, versus Portland, versus Brooklyn, versus Orlando, versus Milwaukee. That's an mm-hmm. insane stretch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not fun, man. Like, that, I mean, that's tough. And, and one thing I guess you can have some, um, if you're looking for the bright side of that, all season, really, outside these last two games, they've mostly played, and the game against Chicago, they've mostly played 
playoff teams, teams that are projected to be in that playoff picture. And for the most part, the starting lineup outside of the game against Boston, they have either outplayed their opponent or played them to a draw. Um, so if they can at least have competitive games where you have those competitive close losses, um, as much as I like to roll my eyes at kind of the moral victory thing, this team it really is moral victories. And, and I, I do think that if they can be competitive in those games and maybe even steal one or two of those, that's going to help keep that momentum going for when the schedule lightens up again. Yeah, I, I think that when you look at kind of what this team was last year in terms of how few moral victories there were, let alone regular <laughs> victories, they got outscored by 9.6 points per game last season. Yeah. This season, uh, they are at just negative .09. And uh, that is just if you can believe it, markedly different from the kind of performances that got Ty Lue fired like four games into the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and there isn't, there isn't the same turmoil too. Like that, that was a big problem was that what Ty Lue wanted from the season was different than what the front office wanted once Kevin Love got hurt and just winning went completely on the wayside. There was no system. We were joking about this on Twitter. Um, the can in charge last year were not running the same system as the Cavs because the Cavs probably weren't running a system. We yeah, had a coach that gave up on basketball. And then this year you have the charge running the John Bayline system. Um, you have the, the Cavs looking like you watch them play. It is clear that they have a system. They, they know what they're supposed to be doing. And um, even when they're not executing, you can see at least what they're trying for. And that is just such a massive difference when you look at last season. And even on the defensive end, this is a team that should probably on paper be worse defensively than they were last season. But they, they've had a top 20 defense, and I'm sure that number is only going to improve once tonight's numbers get in there. Like, they I, I, bet, point- I bet if you are listening to this, um, you, you might hear top 20 defense and think, Haha, ha, that's not that good. Well, it is certainly better than the worst defense in NBA history, <laughs> but the Cavs were last year. Yeah, so, is the worst in history a bad thing? My God, was it nice to be on the other side of a long party defense when oh, we played the Wizards? Man, it was it was the dream, well and truly. <laughs> um, it was it was so much fun to look at the other side of the floor and see Isaiah Thomas, who Garland appropriately treated like food, and then just the familiar Lombardi defense where just nobody knew what they were doing. Like the difference that Bickerstaff has made and like this entire coaching staff, I, I feel um, our, our friend Evan Damerel mentioned that he's had people from other teams mention, Hey, this is a well-coached team. And, and I don't think that's something that you'd hear from the Cavs in a, a long time. I, I don't know when the last time uh, people around the league felt that way. Yeah. I, I just feel like the people who, kind of projected that this defense was going to be even worse than it was last year. I, I kind of got a kick out of that because it's like, it just kind of belies a fundamental misunderstanding. I'm God, I really love the word belie today. I gotta, I gotta back off. Um, you know, I, I just think like it just kind of shows you that they don't really get what makes a team good or bad defensively. Like, yes, personnel matters. Yes. Age matters. Um, but playing, like you don't hate basketball matters mm-hmm. a coaching staff that um has not actively decided that they don't love the sport anymore because of the <laughs> roster you've put together 
matters. Like these kind of outlier things, people don't really understand that. So they see like another rookie guard coming in and they think, okay, well, uh, you know, that that's worse than David Nuaba in the rotation. And that's correct. But it's a more than anything, it just kind of shows that we don't understand how to evaluate defense. Cause I don't even think it's that the Cavs have some crazy good scheme. Like they're still pretty bad defensively. And right. I mean, we watched, uh, you watched in person, Gordon Hayward sashay his way <laughs> three feet from the hoop and hit a pull-up jumper. That uh, that was some damn karma. Times. That that was some karma for Gordon Hayward to have <laughs> like the Gordon Hayward game with me in attendance. That was so damn brutal. Uh, today's numbers are in. We're up to 17th defensively. We have a 0. 0.9 negative 0. 0.9 net rating on the year. So we're very close to break even. Wait, One, we have they have a 0. 0.9 net rating and point differential. Are they playing exactly 100 possessions per game right now? <laughs> that's crazy i've never um, heard of that no no I, I i think you misheard me I, they're negative 0. 0.9 net rating i i don't know what the point differential is it is negative 0. 0.9 you are the worst listener in america Justin. <laughs> luckily i'm not in america um it, the, it, in north america north america did you say north america the first time because that would really drive home your point no i wish i had though <laughs> that that would be unintentional comedy gold um i think the other thing people didn't factor in last season and People will make jokes about Kevin Love's defense. I don't think it's been phenomenal, but it is better than what we had last year. And you think last... he's better than Marquise Chris? Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Um, and the other thing is, Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love played nine games together last season. They have now played nine games together this season. And I believe in three of those games, one, Love left early with an injury. And I think Tristan left early twice uh, last year with an injury. So even if they never play another game together this season, it's the exact same as last year. And having those two out there, I think you see it raises the floor for this team, especially when Tristan Thompson is healthy and playing the, the best version of Tristan Thompson that we've seen. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, J David and I talked about, about it in the last pod. It was not a banner Tristan performance, just nine and nine, uh, which is fine. Uh, yeah. Plus 33, by the way, how Jeez. wild is it? my friend, to see plus double digits next to anyone uh, on this team after the year we were subjected to last year. Um, it's just it, been it's a startling. real pleasure. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, Thompson's been playing at a damn near all-star level. Kevin Love definitely has been. Love didn't even show up tonight, and he finished with 17-8-2. <laughs> you know, wasn't even there, really. Um it was I, just... I think a lot of people on the outside looking in, I think you're going to start to see them mentioned in a few more national conversations. Not that they're going to be a playoff team or anything like that, but just, hey, you know what? This is a young team. Uh, KPJ looks good. Garland looks like he's going to kind of figure things out. He, um, that They appear like they've drafted well. They look like they're well coached. And I think for a lot of outsiders, this is just a, a team that, it, it's an early feel-good story, which I, I think is by far the best-case scenario that we could have had here. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you'd really want that you don't have right now is the uh, is the Darius Garland eruption game. Right. Um, and I don't know when that's coming because he's just so um, measured. Mm -hmm. uh, I I do want to kind of continue to talk about him because I do think he's he's probably the most interesting thing to pick at right now because yeah. it's like, 
I don't think he's playing bad. I don't think you think he's playing particularly bad in terms of his the style. But he will do some interesting stuff where it's like he's too comfortable chasing an advantage from 19 feet. You know, it's like, yeah, a lot of – I don't think he has quite figured out yet that teams are okay giving you that airspace. Right. Like he's got a guy in his chest. They run pick and roll. He kind of drifts into that 19 to 15 to 19 foot space. And what's weird is he hasn't really pulled up on a lot of jumpers either. It's been floaters or threes. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's been really interesting, but he hasn't quite figured out the NBA geometry of the floor yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I have faith that he's going to because he's clearly out there thinking the game and he does play at his own pace, which is really nice. Yeah, I I feel like Darius Garland and a lot of our listeners kind of have something in common where you can see that good-looking game or that good-looking person there, but it's just not polished. And one of those ways that our listeners can be a little more polished with their look and and just look the, the best that they possibly can is with our friends at Harry's. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you for gimmicky features that they, to add to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Carter and I are both Harry's guys, and that's because Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middlemen, manufacturing blades in their own German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century, which means you get incredibly high-quality blades at factory-direct prices. Harry's is super convenient with blade refills that are delivered directly to your door on your schedule, with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. What's up, Carter? I have have a a crushing admission to make what's that i lost my fucking travel cover oh my goodness the thing that i have for about a year now touted the value of i fucking i I blew it i blew it i'm crushed um i i I had to go to blizzcon sans cover Mm -hmm. and you know i didn't feel half as hygienic you know it was just hanging out in mm-hmm. the rest of my bag so would, would you say that you, you know. felt a little limp because yep. I, I feel i yep. feel like felt you a have limp. you were feeling a little limp do you have anything that could help us out carter anything other than a travel blade that might help people out in that situation well justin you know talking about the mistakes you make uh losing stuff it's not easy and talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy either Usually, guys just brush it off or blame themselves, saying stuff like, I lost my mojo or my travel cover. Or they just avoid it altogether with excuses like uh, they had a long day at work or they're just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about erectile dysfunction. 
with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Imagine. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. They love discreet in this reading. Boy, do I as well. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle. Now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor. Take care of it. Just go to Roman.com, GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. And Justin, you know, I think it's really important to note that it's not all about, you know, being able to perform when the time comes. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, looking good enough to entice uh, your, your significant other uh, to, uh, you know, jump on board. Absolutely. Your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say so. I, I think that's an accurate statement there. I, I'm guessing you don't realize we have one more read. I, I thought we – I don't think we do, Carter. I we think, do. We have Indochino. There's three reads this week. Yeah, but Indochino goes before the, the start. Oh. The uh and, and we discussed this. Uh, yeah, it is before. Fuck. Well, this, this will be edited in post, but that was really – No, it won't. No, yeah. it won't. Yeah. We're no, over-delivering. We're over-delivering to our sponsors. You know what? Shout out to Indochino. Um, for for those them. listening to the podcast, you probably heard that at the beginning. Shout out to Indochino. Shout out to all our sponsors. Speaking of uh, not I'm flaccid, up. speaking of not flaccid, Kevin Porter Jr. has been very, very impressive. Um, can, can, I, can I buzzkill you real quick and talk yes. about something that yes. I needed to talk to you about before okay. we actually talk about the Cavs again? Mm-hmm. I'm upset that I blew the, uh, the Manscaped read last week. Oh, my God. That, I, was, that was not It's great. not that I was uncomfortable talking about shaving my balls. Mm-hmm. It's that I was I, – I, I took the wrong angle on it. I started with a transition of shaving chest hair, mm-hmm. and then the ad read is actually so laden with discussions about shaving balls that I had an incredibly hard time pivoting back live because I didn't have you to, like, you know, bail me out while I found my footing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I mentioned it. to my wife as I was listening to it on the flight um, to Minneapolis, I was like, Carter is just spiraling here. It's, and I, I, it just bothers me. I felt like I had to talk about it because it sucks because you might have thought I was spiraling because I didn't want to talk about shaving. Oh, no, balls. I didn't think that. Um, I just and, you know, David, you know, old man, David, he's tough to work. He's he doesn't want to talk about shaving balls. Mm-hmm. He's a father. I, I just. I, I really, it, it's a good product, and I, I thought that uh, you let our listeners down to some extent. I did, because I did. If, if your read isn't fresh, if your one. read isn't fresh, how can they be convinced that Manscaped is going to make their balls fresh? I mean, that's actually a great point. Did they send you a kit? Uh, not that I know, no. I don't get so. wrecked, bro. I don't get anything. I don't get anything up here. Do you, do you well, know what it takes to cross customs? Well, all I'll say is this. I only have one... One small gripe with the Manscaped uh, set they sent me. So they sent you, they send you some like ball deodorant, mm-hmm. but then they also send you like a spritzer. And I don't know what the spritzer does. 
I, I don't know, man. And I, if anyone's listening, I would love I would love to be a better uh, brand representative for Manscaped if you want to explain this to me. All right. So if anyone knows, oh, someone in the Twitch actually says it freshens your butthole. So well, there you go. Thanks, Al. Yeah, that's uh, that's very important. All right. So again, Kevin Porter Jr. Moving on. Uh, it's kind of our brand to spend half the pot on ad reads and discussions about the ad reads. So it was a little inside baseball for sure. You have made an uh, an admission to me, Carter, that you are on the Kevin Porter Jr. bandwagon. This is a day of bandwagon jumping, um, or at least staking out our claim and officially stating that we are members of said bandwagons. As I have joined the Colin Sexton movement, and you you see it with Kevin Porter Jr. now, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, the last couple games, he's been getting to the cup, and mm-hmm. it is uh, – genuinely freaking like it it jumps off the screen yeah it's just the difference in comfort level for him is so wild i mean he really cannot hit the broad side of the barn as a jump shooter i don't know how he shot 40 percent or whatever he shot from three last year at usc yeah because his form is awful his elbow is like like breaking i can't believe that his joints move that direction (laughs) it's it's pretty ugly but Ultimately, like, he's just got enough of this shifty game, and then on occasion he'll explode to the rim when it matters, when he has the advantage. And it's just really, really impressive. And then no one no one in a non-Cavs fan capacity is going to want to hear this, but he's not so bad on defense, Justin. No, that that is the thing that's really apparent to me. I'm pretty convinced that Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be a good defender. Like, not a break-even defender. I think the way that he plays, it looks like he really wants to be a great defender out there. And I really do like that you're starting to get those stories out there of just how he's just – he's a gym rat. He's someone that really wants to be better. He, he's a perfectionist. Um, there was a great article that I recommend everyone read uh, by Jackie McMullen on Lindsey Gottlieb. And uh, KPJ had mentioned in there just how close those two are and um, just what she's able to point out to him and just how he's a perfectionist when it comes to basketball. And um, it really, I mean, a lot of the concerns and the reasons why he fell in the draft was kind of the Nerland's Noel type thing of epic bad dudes around him and, and character concerns. And that just really doesn't seem to be the case. And um, it, it looks like, especially if Dylan Windler is a rotation player, which a lot of people feel like he's going to be, um, this is this is a really, really quality draft for the Cavs. And once KPJ adds that jumper and, and his technique um, becomes a little more sound, they, there's the potential for him to be a really, really special piece for this team. Yeah, I mean, Porter was the guy I was the least confident in coming in, just in terms of, you know, maybe a high ceiling, but a really low floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and it's funny because as we said, like the jumper is absolutely awful. Defensively, it's funny because I think he can play defense, but he's not good at it yet. Um, right. And to that end, it's like, so so we're not actually seeing it happen yet, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because we can kind of see where it's going to go once he gets stronger and gets a little more time developing as a player i mean the jumper you know there is if, if there's a, a a crime that fans make it's the oh yeah the jumper will get figured out uh, assumption is 
not always the case. Um, but... one, one thing I'll mention as a bit of a nerd uh, when, it, when it comes to looking at jump shots and things like that, if you look at him in college, especially when he's coming off of curls, uh, you'd have kind of the, the plant leg and then the other one would come across um, where his legs would kind of get tied up and, and his base was just all messed up. And obviously there was a larger hitch. Um, he is staggering his feet a little bit too much, um, but it is a wider base. It looks like they've been working on him with that, and the hitch is a little less pronounced. Um, so you're talking about um, how he hasn't shot necessarily as well as he did in college from three, and I think some of that was natural regression that was easy to, to anticipate. But at the same time, when you're changing your mechanics, especially from deep, um, that, that can have a little bit of an adjustment period where you aren't shooting as well, but the form does look better, um, in, in comparison to college. And, uh, I think once again, that that's a credit to you, uh, Mike Garrity on, on the coaching staff who has been credited for changing the jumper for Jetty, uh, who mechanics were all busted, uh, Colin Sexton, who had a hitch and, and wasn't able to shoot from three. Um, so I, I think you can have some confidence there that, um, already nine games into the season you are seeing improved form from him yeah somebody uh, needs to clip that um whole section from justin so he can build his brand as a coach <laughs> so, I, I, um, I i'm just using this to parlay um the chase down fame into another high school coaching job in, in winnipeg that, that that's what my entire motivation has been behind this you, you've figured me out Listen, everyone needs a brand, Justin, and that's yours. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, of all things that are related to me, that's my brand. Yeah, so I got to ask, because um, we haven't really talked about this yet, how does the rotation look different when uh, Dylan Windler comes back? Because every indication seems to say that they are planning on, uh, that they're going to put him in the rotation. Yeah, the, the buzz is that the team really, really loves Windler. And... I, I think the biggest change, so I, I think he's going to take a lot of Clarkson's minutes at the three. Um, I, th I think he's going to take some minutes from Kevin Porter Jr. as well. I would anticipate him kind of being around 10, 12 minutes um, with that second unit. Maybe even playing a little bit of um, small ball four, like when Jetty would be the, the four at the second unit. I think I could see some of that. I, I, I don't anticipate a ton of that because he's just so damn skinny. But I do think his ability to space the floor and his ability to cut off ball, um, that basketball IQ is really going to help out a second unit that has consistently been a disaster for this team. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think the biggest uh, casualty here is going to be a combination of Clarkson, Delhi, and Porter. Yeah, I think it, all three gonna... of them will lose three minutes a game. Right, it, it's going to three be three to five minutes a game. Up. And the one guy that's just not going to crack the rotation is going to be Brandon Knight. Like and, and McKinney. McKinney will not play on this team. Uh, Cook Cook as well, probably. If I had to yeah, guess. I mean, I mean, Cook is already out of the rotation, whereas sure. the <laughs> other guys are kind of more, at least on the perimeter, um, and 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 getting some minutes. I mean, Delhi Porter and uh, Clarkson are all regular players, but you know, I think that's kind of where you find a menace. I think you just expand the rotation a little bit and. I mean, Winlow should conceivably be a little bit more ready to play the backup three uh, than than Porter. He might just start taking some of those minutes. I mean, I'm not going to be miserable if Porter has to spend some time in Canton. Yeah. Um, though, and, and I don't even think if Jetty goes down happens. to 
even if Jetty goes to 30 minutes a game instead of 32, like I, I think you can kind of piece together some of that. And I think KPJ, as you mentioned, is a good candidate as well to, to miss some time, but still practice with the team and, and really kind of work on his mechanics. Cause I mean, God, there's a great player there. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's going to be really, really interesting to see kind of how this team starts to figure out who they are. Um, because as I said to David, I really don't see that this team is going to make a ton of big roster blow up trades uh, in the short either. term. I think yeah. r- this is roughly going to be the roster that we have this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because I don't think that uh, I don't think that first that expiring contracts have a lot of value in a weak free agent class. So I don't think the Cavs are going to get a ton for some of these expirings. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. Henson works his way back and, one one thing I'll bit. mention, Carter. Sorry to cut you off again. Of but, course. Um, one thing I'll mention is with the uncertainty revol- or around the salary cap, I do think there might be some market for expirings if teams want to insulate themselves from the backlash and the, the fallout from uh, the Daryl Morey situation. Uh, Chase Town Podcast has no comment on uh on on the china situation and uh we we would really prefer not to talk about it at this time right i'm just talking about salary cap <laughs> implications <laughs> just doing a bit jesus all right, um, all right fine you're no fun uh yeah uh so i i i really do think this is going to be the roster they have for the most part i mean maybe mm-hmm. you can find a home for henson maybe you can find a home for clarkson yeah, and apparently Brandon Knight is a, a very in-demand commodity, so, you know. Per, per Brandon Knight's mom. <laughs> you know what? Um, it, it's going to be funny. Um, I really hope that the Warriors get a worse return for Alec Burks than we did, and just <laughs> we can get those Kobe better jokes off. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I'd kind of like to keep John Henson. Um, we, we've talked about this before. I don't really anticipate a love trade in season. Um, I, I think if it happens, it happens in the summer uh, unless something changes there. But yeah. I think- by the way, I, I do think we should say this. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Nance had is coming off two of his best games of the season. Yeah. And no, he no. really has been a little out of place at the four. Like the playmaking hasn't really been where you've wanted it to be and hasn't really matched his abilities there. I don't think that he's being really put in a position to create as much as you'd hope. But this was kind of the the quintessential Larry Nance game. Like, hit a three, nine points on four shot attempts, nine boards, four steals. His hands defensively are his best asset. Yeah. He doesn't move that well with the faster fours and threes. He's not huge, so he gets he can get bullied. But he's got quick hands, and he gets in passing lanes like – he traditionally, you know, it, it was funny because he said at the beginning, it, uh, I think at media day, he said he wanted to lead the league in steals. And mm-hmm. everyone who saw that kind of laughed. But he leads, he's near the top of the league in deflections for 36 minutes every year. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has, has very active hands. He's just not and, a and, great rim protector. Yeah. Just not a great rim protector, even though he's, he's a really interesting player because everything about him, you would think he'd be a great rim protector and a great uh, pick-and-roll finisher. Right. And neither of those things are really his strong suit. Like, he's much better at passing out of the high post, uh, getting in passing lanes. Uh, He's just a really, really interesting – 
uh, yeah, he's just a really interesting paradigm of a player. But he, he's I, someone whose highlight reel would make him look like the most complete player in, in the history of basketball because he does a lot of everything. It's just stringing it together. And I do think him and Henson would be a really good fit. And it's a shame that we haven't got a lot of that. Yeah, he um, just needs to also be in the right ecosystem. Like he, more than any Cav, I think it really matters what style they're playing. Oh, big time, big time. You, you put him in the right situation, right guys around him, and I, I think that he can be a very effective player. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that changes. And I think this team's getting better by the game. I think they're learning how to play with one another. Um, the, I think the last two games are a good example. The, the second unit has had their disastrous stretches. Um, they had it against Washington. They had it again uh, today against the Knicks. But we've also seen good stretches out of them, which is something we hadn't seen all year. Um, they had a massive run against Washington. Um, they erased that in the second half, but uh, they, they also had decent moments against the Knicks here. And I, I think it's just one of those situations where you get better by the game. You learn how to play uh, alongside each other. I think Delhi ha- has been a real stabilizing force for them. I don't know what the hell yeah, he's doing. Yeah, suck it, Justin. <sighs> he gets them into their sets, and I don't know what he was doing against Washington trying to be shoot first, Delhi. Uh, but overall, uh, he's a massive improvement from Brandon Knight, who I, I think has objectively been the worst player uh, for the Cavs this season to see consistent Bro, it, minutes. You know, it's funny because that remade jumper that is just hideous right now. Fuck <laughs> it. I, you, you were criticizing him for that, and they weren't going to go in in that Washington game of where he was just launching two, three possessions in a row. I think he's got to keep shooting, though. And yeah. Like, if this form is to work, which maybe it's not going to work, and, I mean, odds I'm are... I'm just laughing at the to. results. I'm not laughing The results at. are definitely hilarious right now. But it's like, he's got to... you got to put in game reps uh, when you're reworking your form like that. And, um, you know, as a coach, you probably know that better than anyone. So, uh, I really think that uh, Delhi is the right backup point guard for this team because of how different he is from every other guard on the roster. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I completely agree. And um, I'm, I love I th- Twitch. Cause I can literally see you scrolling Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Have the good grace to put it up on your fucking browser. <laughs> no, no. I, I feel like it, it's better when it's down in my lap. I, I, I feel like that's, that's my comfort zone. Um, <laughs> well, way to throw off my rhythm. You, 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 especially after having some time off here, we're, we're trying to get our reps together and we're trying to reestablish that rhythm. And you seem very, very motivated to derail this. Not, yeah, not everyone can see me not I, listening to you. I, I just missed you. That's all. <laughs> I missed you too, buddy. Thanks again for driving out to Cleveland. That was really nice of you. Fuck. I'm sorry. It we should probably talk a little bit about that. How was, how was the trip? Let's, highlights, lowlights. Okay. Me. So I enjoyed Cleveland a lot this time around. Previous times, I think I stayed in Lakewood as well as Akron. So I wasn't necessarily staying uh, like in the heart of downtown. Um, this time I stayed in Ohio City. Really enjoyed it. A lot of cool places to walk around. My wife absolutely loved it. Um, she's a beer snob, so we did a, a brewery tour, and uh, she really enjoyed that. Loved the food. Um, it was cool staying so close to downtown and really getting to explore things. Yeah, it, it really surprised her. She she was. Um, think- was this uh, Trisha's maiden voyage? Yeah, this is her first time in Cleveland, so I think she was expecting from like the jokes and stuff like that 
um, maybe like something along the lines of Detroit, where Cleveland's a, a lot more almost like hipster now. Um, and I, I'm saying that in a good way. Um, so, yeah, she, yeah she, she was really, really impressed with Cleveland. I enjoyed it. It was a real great time. Uh, everyone that did come out and uh, say hi to me when, whenever you ran into me or whatever, I, I really appreciate that as well. That was, that was pretty damn cool and made me seem like a bigger deal than I actually am. Well, that's good. Um, I, uh, <laughs> which I we know my, my ego needs feeding at all times. Right. Yeah. I was sorry. I couldn't make it. I didn't, I didn't want that for us. Mm. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, the, the turnaround from BlizzCon was too tight. Um, also I, that uh, whole fatherhood thing. Yeah. Well that, I think, I think even if I wasn't going to have to abandon Kylie, I don't know if I had it in me to go. Ah, look it's just guy. too tough. I only had one day off before I had to go back to work. It was just, well, it was if, if you but were next ever, time you come, it, it has to happen. If it you were must. ever in Brandon to watch a Wheat Kings game, um, I would drive out to see you. I just want right. that to be known. Brandon? <laughs> is that a place or, or like your cousin's house? <laughs> Brandon is Letterkenny for those that have seen it. It's Oh, is that where that is? I don't think I actually Well, no, no, it's not actually Letterkenny, but it's uh, it's kind of it comparable might, distance. It, it may as well be. Yeah, it really, really may as well be. You can uh, you can go to a bar and have a guy walk around politely and ask if anyone would like to have a fight to establish who the toughest person is in the bar. And then after you fight, you go have a drink with the guy. It's a, it's a wonderful place, and uh, that's a totally normal way to behave. Just uh, what, what what's the line? You know it better than me. It's like uh, off the property line or whatever. Uh, yeah. end of the laneway don't come up the property there we go it's beautiful um yeah it, it would have been nice to see you uh for those that don't know carter and i have still not met in person before it's never gonna happen <laughs> Might not. hey later this month there's a blue jackets jets game that you could fly down for that, i'm that not gonna fun. you you got a lacrosse mitzvah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think it's just, I think it's just uh, not going to happen. I think baby's coming too soon for me to do anything cool ever again. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, I got the perfect built in excuse being a great dad. <laughs> Before we wrap things up, how, how do you feel overall? So we, we've touched on a little bit, but how do you feel about kind of the John Bayline experience nine games in? Um, I, I've really enjoyed it. And to me, it looks like that he seems to be a good fit. There, there seems to be buy-in. I think they have an understanding of what guys' uh, skill sets are. Like Jetty Osmond, great example. Someone that everybody said should be a great fit in this system and had an off-shooting night tonight against the Knicks, but overall has really, really fit well into the system as well as advertised. And the two-guard lineups, even though they struggle at times defensively and they're still figuring things out, um, it looks like they aren't playing your turn, my turn. There, there's actually a system out there. So for the things that he was kind of touted as coming into the NBA, for all of those things to be apparent right off the bat, to me, it's really, really encouraging. Yeah, I, I, I just thought that there were so many warning signs in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, him being so upset, he's talking to a front office member for an hour after a preseason loss. And just so upset about not getting enough practice time with guys and, and all this different stuff. It just seemed like all these warning signs were screaming off the page. And then it hasn't really reared its head much. You know, he's mostly been pretty good. I I haven't gotten the impression that he's 
been rubbing anyone the wrong way. They're playing offensively a fairly aesthetically pleasing style. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's been pretty encouraging so far. And I think if you're a Cavs fan, there certainly aren't reasons to panic. And honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this uh, this this team seems like they're actually heading in a direction, which um, I, I think we've heard from a few kind of national voices saying this team has no direction or what what the hell are they doing? And it seems like with solid hires on the coaching staff, with the Kobe Altman extension, um, they seem to be operating like a normal franchise, a normal NBA team. And while that hurts us at times from a content standpoint, it, it, may, it leaves me feeling a whole lot better. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I mean, this is escapism and feeling better at the end of games. That's a nice feeling, even when it's a loss, even when it's a loss. I enjoy the experience because there's good stretches within that game and you can see the growth out there. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think we, ha- we spent all last year begging, actually not just last year, last several years, begging for this team to be more normal. And mm-hmm. I think we've finally gotten that. And in the meantime, it's I, I'm really enjoying this season, mm-hmm. and that is uh, not something I could really say about last season for very many stretches. No, no, I completely agree. And who knows? Maybe we we steal some wins. I mean, so it took us 18 games to win four games last season. We've done it in nine this year. Um, we had those random stretches where um, we we beat the the Sixers and Rockets uh, on back to back nights on the road. Um, so who knows? Maybe with this nightmare schedule to close out November, we steal some of these games, and you and I come jump on the podcast and have a whole bunch of fun. the The fact that that is a possibility, um, it, it's exciting to me. I, I'm I'm willing to see where this season goes. And I am very glad that the trade everyone talk or the tank talk hasn't started um, in kind of the, the Cavs Twitter universe. I, th- I think everyone's kind of enjoying the ride. And, and I think really getting to experience the, uh, the new lottery odds uh, last season ha- has a lot to do with that as well. Yeah. I, uh, again, you'll have to pick me up off the floor if they beat. Uh, Philly on Tuesday because my <laughs> hype train will not be derailed. <laughs> Let's try to get five to five hundred on Tuesday. That would be a lot of fun. Carter, thank you so much uh, it, for coming back and actually watching the Cavs. I, I know uh, we, we've had it from all of our listeners and uh, people in the Discord that that just want to hear your thoughts of the about the game and. It's it's really really great to be talking to you, and it, it's great to see you watching and enjoying Gaz basketball. It, I have nice a, I have a theory on beyond everyone are dicks as to why um, as to why this has taken root so aggressively that I don't watch the Cavs. <laughs> Can I share it before we sign off? Yeah, I I would like that. I don't live tweet during games anymore. Ah, because I typically am hanging out with Kylie. Mm-hmm. And I am watching on my phone a lot more often. Yeah, and I'm not like gonna switch from FS Go to my phone to mm-hmm. just to tweet Colin. Like I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> so that's my theory. Uh, there it is. Um, fuck plausible. you guys anyway. Um, but yeah. So I think that uh, with that we could probably say goodbye. 
That, that that's fairly plausible. I I live tweet a little bit less too. I got a few re, uh, reactions and thoughts in there, but I generally try to take a little more notes this year and and also just being on League Pass all the time. I'm a little bit behind, so I don't want things to be spoiled for me. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's something that uh, we both have in common there. But it is great to talk to you again, Carter, and it is great to be back talking on Chase Down Podcast. I missed it, even with the one episode not being on here. Um, but it is nice to be back. Plug the it- shirts. Plug the shirts. <laughs> it's back. Nice to be back with the power duo here. Um, if you want to support the other power duo, you can go to bluewirepods.com and get the Sexland shirt. We are starting, we are pushing the movement. People are jumping on the bandwagon and I'm excited no, about number that. Number one selling shirt that is actively on the Blue Wire store right now. Number one Blue Wire shirt. There you go. We, we are completely pushing the movement. I want to thank all of our listeners as well, both for doing that as well as supporting the podcast. If you want to do so, you can uh, help us out by leaving a rating leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you're following us on Twitch, which we are now back doing, uh, you can find us at twitch.tv slash chasedownpod. You can subscribe there. If you have Prime, you can do that for free. Give us that that free money. We like that. Um, and also, uh, if you leave those ratings, leave a review, subscribe, and all that good stuff, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com, and we will send you a link to our exclusive Discord chat. So thanks to our listeners. Thanks again, Carter. And until next time, go Caps. Go Caps.